You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast with Alexis Roberts, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I am Lex. Hello. How are you guys? Welcome back to another Wednesday. Thank you for being here and coming back yet another week to hear about another Nutrition 101 topic. Today, we're talking all about the basics of losing stored body fat, which I know is a huge topic a lot of you guys are very interested in because I get so many messages asking questions about this and body fat in general. Um, There's a lot of misconceptions around it, so I'm going to try to clear some things up and give you guys some tips if you're really trying to lose that extra body fat that you have. Before diving into today's topic, I really want to ask you guys and thank you guys who have already done it to leave a review on this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, please leave a review. It really helps the show out. It helps me out. And it helps me be able to just like continue to do these episodes for you guys. Um, So if you leave five stars, I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. But I would really love it too if you would leave a written review and just explain why you love the show so that I understand why you're loving it, what I need to fix if I do need to fix anything, um, and then why few, like future listeners could be able to realize how much you guys are loving it and therefore they think they might love it and so they'll listen too. Um, and we'll have more joined to the fam. Also, I want to mention since this is Wednesday, We are in the middle of registration for my three-month holiday hustle challenge. If you guys are not registered for this challenge, what the freaking heck are you doing? You guys need to get registered for this challenge. It is such a good deal. There's a 12-week workout program with five workouts each week, and it's like it's all body weight. It's super intense, very functional hit training. Like you guys are going to sweat it out in each of these workouts. Like I've already done a few of them just to test them out and stuff. And oh my word, they're insane. They're so good. Definitely need to do that. And then there's also a Facebook group that 30 of the women will be added to. There's only 30 spots. As I said that I want to make sure you guys know it's very limited because I am doing biweekly check-ins as well. And I want to make sure that I'm able to get time with each and every one of you so that It can be more personalized and you can make this challenge yours. I want to make sure I'm getting time with everyone. So that's why there's only 30 spots. Um, It is $500 for the three months. You guys, this is a steal. My one-on-one coaching goes for around $1,300 for three months. So this is over 50% off of my one-on-one coaching. And you're pretty much getting the same aspects of it plus the workouts um, and the group accountability, motivation, and encouragement and stuff from other women in the community of the challenge. So this is even more than what my one-on-one coaching is and you're getting it for over 50% off. Like it's only $500 compared to $1,300. Like this is insane. It's pretty much a steal. I cannot wait to have you guys join. If you haven't, please do. If you have questions about it, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. I'd love to chat with you about it. Um, I want to make sure you guys have the best understanding as possible and you guys are really understanding so that you know what you're getting into when you get into the challenge. Um, so yes, three month holiday hustle, get fit with us throughout the holidays, stay fit with us throughout the holidays. Um, which everyone knows it's super hard to do. There's all those dinners and desserts and candies and stuff. So that's where the group is going to come in with holding each other accountable and really trying to stay on track and being our best selves throughout the holiday. Um, So yes, that is all that I have to do for announcements today, I believe. If I think of something, I'll throw it in at the end. But that is all today, so let's dive into today's topic, right? Okay, the basics of losing stored body fat. 
losing body fat is hard. The next time someone tells you that they have some new easy solution for fat loss that flies in the face of conventional wisdom, you have my permission to throw them off the nearest bridge. Like not literally you guys, but just like through it all, the fad diets, the magic pills, the shake weights, one fat loss method has stood the test of time and it's not sexy. It doesn't have any fancy name and it's, but it's like the core of why every diet works and that is energy management. So a few, few nutrition concepts are just like surrounded in as much misinformation as the management of calories to cause changes in body weight and body composition. So this is a real shame because understanding this very basic idea takes out so much of the guesswork and frustration associated with losing fat and keeping it off. In this episode, I'll briefly touch upon every bit of information that you need to know about how calories impact your body composition. Along the way, I'll dispel a myth or two, um, which I've done in previous episodes before. So if you really want myth bunking, go listen to that one. It was really good. Um, but I'll also show you an easy way to apply this knowledge to your current lifestyle. So you can start getting all fit and stuff. I know Um, we're getting into that holiday season. And even if you are planning on joining that workout challenge, you can definitely implement these into your life during this challenge. And I can help you do that. Um, so we also want to get you having the best workouts of your life. So making sure you're super fueled and have enough energy to get through those amazing workouts. So first topic I want to start on is calories and why they matter for fat loss. So when discussing nutrition, the calorie applies to two interdependent concepts. The first one is calories measure of the approximate amount of energy your body drives from food per its weight, usually in grams or ounces, right? That's what we normally measure food in. For example, there are approximately 125 calories in six ounces of raw chicken breast. The approximate number of calories you consume each day adds up to what I'll refer to as a daily energy intake. So second, we measure the amount of energy you expend each day in calories. Everything you do within a 24-hour period from sleeping to exercising to chewing up um, that chicken breast that I was just talking about or whatever food you're eating results to an expenditure of energy, which I will refer to as total daily energy expenditure or TDEE for short. So the relative balance of energy intake with energy expenditure is called energy homeostasis and disrupting the balance causes either weight loss or weight gain. A calorie deficit, which is taking in less calories um, or less energy than you expend, will result in weight loss and a calorie surplus will result in weight gain. So do I have to count calories or weigh my food for the rest of my life? No, obviously, like you guys know, I, I want you guys to live a healthy lifestyle and counting calories and measuring your food and stuff is not a way to live your life, right? So no, you don't have to be meticulously measuring, weighing and tracking everything that you eat to apply basic calorie management principles. I actually hate the idea that to see good results, you need to micromanage the crap out of your food, right? So to be clear, Although it may appear to be different on the surface, all diets that result in weight loss over time, like paleo, Atkins, zone, whatever, keto, all that crap, um, function, they all function off of this sort of principle. They restrict calories indirectly by giving you a list of foods that 
but you will make it improbable that you'll be in a calorie surplus. Although you're not counting calories, you're still restricting them, right? For most people, weighing, tracking, and logging food should be approached more like a quote test um, to see where things are, not a lifestyle or long-term behavior. The fact of the matter is that if you eat a pretty similar day-to-day diet day-to-day, you don't have to count calories for your entire life. After you spend a short while developing a few meal plans um, that take the basic of fat loss into consideration, you'll have learned a set of skills that allow you to eat more intuitively while still being aware of how the food you're eating will impact your body composition. A few days to check in every few months to make sure things are still on track is all it takes really. So I know I've talked about it before, but my journey into intuitive eating actually started with being on a meal plan because I personally did not trust my body and did not actually realize how much I could eat. So in last week's episode, I know you guys listened to me talking with Sue, which was my mentor, my coach, the person that put me on my meal plan that was way over the amount of calories that I was eating. Um, it being on the meal plan really actually helped me trust my body and learning that like, Oh, okay. My body does need this many calories. I can eat this many calories. So that was sort of my transition period into intuitive eating because obviously being on a meal plan is not a lifestyle. Like we just said, right? So me being on that meal plan, probably for around six months ish, I want to say it helped me learn that I, my body needed more than I was giving it. And so when I learned that and I got in the habit of eating three meals a day plus snacks and like the amounts of foods that I was eating, it made it super easy for me to transition into intuitive eating just because I knew kind of innately what my body needed. And then I just kind of morphed it into making what I was craving at that moment. And at that time work with what my body actually needed. It takes some time to get there. It's a long process. I work one-on-one with people doing this all the time. Some people can just jump straight into intuitive eating. Some people need that transition process with the meal plan versus going into intuitive eating. And I have clients that have done both, both ways. Um, but it all works up to you because everyone is different. That's my personal story because I didn't trust my body at first. And once I learned to trust my body, that was when it was super easy to make the transition into an intuitive eating for me. So I want to talk about this myth that's calories in, calories out doesn't work. Provided that you manage your calorie intake into to create a deficit, you will lose weight, right? So this is backed by enough research that I'm confident to label this dismissal of very basic concept of pretty much bullshit, um, plain and simple. So if you'd like to like look into other research and stuff, there's plenty out there. But what you'll find is that in particularly every study where subjects restrict calories, they lose weight. It's not a coincidence and it's not magic. Of course, there is some logic behind the argument against using calorie management as a weight loss strategy. For instance, there are hormonal differences between people that impact how food is digested and utilized. Um, Estimating energy expenditure is kind of fuzzy. Um, The numbers are approximate and never super exact. Obviously, nothing's ever super exact when it comes to measuring things of different body types. Um, these same implications apply for food we eat. Not every chicken, potato, or head of lettuce is exactly the same. So estimating energy intake is also not completely approximate or exact or anything like that. Um, and then self-reported food logs are subject to a whole range of issues, y'all. This is something we see all the time in the clinical world and 
just working with clients and patients and stuff in general, y'all, people lie. <laughs> and it's just a matter of fact, people lie. So studies based on recall are typically inaccurate. Um, post, most people just like outright lie about what they ate to avoid judgment um, or to make the, which ends up making the data unreliable. Really, it just like ends up making the whole study be thrown off. So taking self-reported food logs are a super biased way of getting accurate information and most likely you don't get the best results coming out of it, right? And then last but not least, metabolic adaptions to training and dieting make accurately estimating energy requirements and expenditure more difficult. So the more you are fueling your body and working out and building lean muscle, your metabolic your metabolic range is going to adjust and it's going to get better. Or if you're going backwards, it might get worse. Um, so it's going to adjust throughout a period of time. So it's not going to be super consistent again, making things an approximate and not super exact. So all this means is that neither this method nor any other weight loss strategy is binary. It's super fuzzy. It's an approximation and educated guess. And that although you need to do some experimentation to find the perfect balance, it's a verified perspective to approach your goals, right? So next, weight loss versus fat loss. There is a difference here, you guys. So with all this talk of weight loss, I feel like it's important for me to emphasize that your aim should not be to lose weight indiscriminately. You want to lose fat, right? So and that's where things get slightly bit more complicated because the consumption of your meals along with your choice of exercise will tip the scale in favor of losing muscle mass or losing more fat when your weight drops, right? So losing muscle isn't ideal. We want to hold on to that lean body mass as much as possible. So it isn't ideal at all if your goal is to look good in your bathing suit or be more toned or just in general having a denser looking fit body, whatever your definition of that may be. Um, so taking energy advantage to preserve it is going to be important. To keep this episode from getting like super lengthy and super long, um, I'll brief you on a touch of macronutrients, um, macros for sure. As I say all the time, I did a full one-on-one -on -one series with macros. So if you haven't listened to that already and you want a little bit more detail than what I'm going to go over here, go back and listen to that episode. Um, it's very informative. It will help you all a ton. Um, and exercise since these variables do influence body composition. So how, macro, how macronutrients influence fat loss? Macros are bits and pieces of your food that are derived energy forms. So protein and carbohydrates are worth four calories per gram. Fat is worth nine calories per gram. Beyond their contribution to your daily energy intake, each macro leads itself to different functions within your body. So proteins. Proteins break down into amino acids. Amino acids are pretty much the building block of every itty bit part of your body. Protein intake will influence lean mass or muscle retention in your diet, which is good. You should keep it around 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight when you're trying to lose fat. If your protein levels fall too low, your risk of losing disproportionate amount of muscle as you lose weight. So if you aren't maintaining a protein intake that's enough for your body, you might start losing weight, yes, but you're going to be losing that lean body mass. So protein helps you hold on to that muscle mass, which is what you want. And you'll potentially end up looking super skinny versus looking super strong and lean and defined. 
So better safe than sorry, eat more protein. Um, I know some people go too far when it comes to the protein, but if you're eating protein in whole food forms, like, um, like meats or eggs or dairy, like yogurts and cottage cheese and things like that. If you're eating more of that type of protein, you're not going to be able to overeat protein or you're not going to get too much protein. If you are supplementing every meal and taking a powder form or creatine and like things like that, you might be able to overdo it then. So maybe limit the powders to only after your workouts, which is a really good time to have them because they tend to be a good source of carbs and protein, which is key for after a workout. Um, so if you are going to use a powder or supplement form, make sure you try to stick to using it around after your workout, like your post-workout snack versus having it at like multiple meals throughout the day. Okay. Carbohydrates is next. So Carbs are your body's primary source of energy. Your brain uses a lot of carbs and your muscles store several hundred grams of carbs as glycogen. Muscle glycogen is immediately available during exercise, so keeping your stores full is important to maintain strength, speed, and overall performance during physical activity. In the simplest terms, your workouts will suck if you don't eat enough carbs, <laughs> and that will make it difficult to provide a stimulus to maintain and potentially gain new muscle, right? So eat your carbs. Don't be afraid of carbs. They are good for you. Um, and then next is fat. Fat is necessary to build cell walls, produce hormones, and transport fat-soluble vitamins. Your body usually has plenty of fat hanging around to make this happen. You know, the stuff that you have like chilling around your midsection area, <laughs> which is not a bad thing, right? It's not bad. Your body uses it and it's helpful in your bodily functions on a daily basis, right? So I'd recommend that you use fat as a way to round out your daily energy intake, especially on days when you're not exercising. Now that you have a basis of just like briefly what each macronutrient does, I want to talk about low carb or high carb because I know a lot of people question this. A lot of people talk about carb cycling and things like that. So I want to talk about low carb or high carb. So the debate on which for which is better for fat loss, low or high carb, is like comparing apples to apples pretty much. <laughs> Both of these approaches work when they restrict calories. Low carbohydrate diets are effective for greater weight loss in a short term, but long term, there's basically no difference. And long term is what we're looking for, right, guys? Like, we want this to be maintainable and we want this to turn into a lifestyle. So, long term, there's no difference. So, my personal intake on the subject is that periods of lowered carb intake can be followed up with periods of higher carb intake to get best of both worlds or also known as like carb cycling and stuff like that. So for me personally, that just kind of tends to happen naturally. If I have a couple of days where I don't eat as much carbs, cause I don't know, I'm not craving it or I just don't have it to cook or it's just not in my daily routine for those days, I guess, so to say, um, I find that the next couple of days after that I'm eating more carbs. And I think that's almost my body's way of telling me like, Hey, you need to get more energy. Like this is what you need to eat. And so therefore I'm listening to it and kind of just doing whatever, I need to do to get that energy for my body to be able to support me and go on throughout the day. So how exercise influences fat loss is my next topic. Um, so the most obvious benefits of exercise is that doing more work with your body increases your TDEE or total daily energy expenditure, right? We talked about that before and creates a large calorie deficit. However, I caution against using exercise as a means simply to burn calories. 
You guys, we got to get this mindset out of our head. We cannot just go down and work out in the gym and smash out an hour workout only to burn calories. We've got to celebrate what our body can do to you guys. Like it's amazing what our bodies can do. That's just like my little soapbox on like burning calories and working out. Working out is a celebration of what your body can do. Say it with me. Working out is a celebration of what my body can do. We don't need to go down, go down to the gym and do it simply to burn calories. So moving on. Since your goal is to lose body fat and preserve muscle mass, you should do something that sends a signal to your body to hold on to as much of that muscle as possible. The calorie burn should be secondary to this consideration. Like don't even worry about the calories. You should be focusing on the movements that you're doing that will best benefit your body. So without going into too much detail, what are the best exercises you can do to preserve muscle um, in resistance training? So there are a ton of different ways to go about resistance training, and they're all going to be effective. I'm partial to like dumbbell training, body um, hit functional training, uh, body weight type stuff, just super high intensity interval type things. But all of these will do the trick. Like if you want to do bodybuilding, powerlifting, um, wads, like workout of the days, like CrossFit type things, yoga, even you guys, I do yoga. I forgot to mention that one. Duh. Um, but the most important decision you need to make is just to get it done three to four times a week and work on constant improvement, more reps, more weight, better form and greater endurance. Like those are their goals. Like make goals against yourself. You're not competing against anyone else besides yourself and keep it consistent and just challenge yourself. Make it fun too. Like you can totally make it a competition against yourself, which and me makes drives me to do better. And it also kind of like makes it fun, especially when I'm working out by myself. Like I like to work out by myself a lot, but whenever I'm working out with someone else, I, I tend to feel like there's a little bit of competitiveness there. So when I bring that aspect into working out by myself, whoo, I really have some fun. It's a great time. Um, and it's also just like perfect me time. Okay. So I know some of you guys are probably asking, what about cardio? So for general opinion on how cardiovascular training hits into the whole shebang of things, um, basically we think cardio should be treated like weight training, not a way to burn calories, but a way to become more functional human being, right? So incorporate cardio in on days when you feel like it. Honestly, that's what I do. I love taking my morning strolls and stuff, but on days when I want to run, I, I normally get the urge to run. I'm not going to force myself to do it if I'm not really wanting to do it. But think of it in a way as by me doing this cardiovascular training, it's going to help me walk up the stairs easier. It's going to help me play with my kids easier without getting out of breath. It's going to help me walk to campus better without having to like stop and take a break. I don't know, whatever you are in your, in your life right now, it can improve some way that you're doing. Even if something as easy as like, oh, I can make my bed better in the morning because I'm not getting out of breath. Like something as easy as that. Don't focus as much on the calorie burn. Focus on becoming a more functional human being. Okay. So next is how many calories do I need to eat to lose fat? So here we are. The question everyone wants to know the answer to, right? I wish I could just give you a number and send you on your way, but the number of calories you need on a daily basis for fat loss is individual and super personalized. It's dependent upon your weight, your height, your body composition, and your activity level. Fortunately, by applying simple math to your stats and multiplying it by an effective modifier, you can make a good guess at your total energy, total daily energy expenditure. Um, and I do have those calculations 
and things that you can do in my Abs by Lex ebook. So if you have not gotten that yet, go get it. Super cheap. It's an ebook. Um, it's got all of these calculations that you would need to calculate what your what calories you would need, what macros you would need. Along those lines, there's also ab workouts and 25 recipes. It's linked on my website, or if you're going to my Instagram, it's linked to my Instagram bio as well. Definitely go get that to figure out those calculations. Um, next is how do I make this work for me? So the next step is usually to create a calorie deficit, and that's where most people royally screw up, right? When some when someone reaches that fat loss plateau, the tendency is to keep pushing in the completely wrong direction. They eliminate all processed food, reduce calories, reduce carbs, work out more days a week, start taking fat burners, which is completely wrong. Don't, don't waste y'all's money. Don't do it. Don't buy the fat burners. No point. Um, but, and then that never ends well. Like doing all these things never ends well. The issue is that if you keep it up, even mild calorie restrictions that doesn't threaten your life, so like you're not starving, um, result in a metabolic adaptation that actually makes it harder to lose weight. To make matters worse, once you regain lost body weight, it takes quite a while for these adaptations to revert. So weight change models support the theory that these adaptations are predictable, at, at least in non-diabetic patients, right? So for the, re for the rest of us, there's enough evidence to suggest that the longer you restrict calories, the heavier you'll end up when you go off your diet, right? So the solution then is to only diet for short periods of time if you do decide to restrict calories and diet um, and spend most of the time focused on maintaining fat loss and staying the hell away from adverse effects of calorie restrictions. A general process that a lot of people like to follow, I've kind of outlined next, um, and it may seem confusing at first, but it's fairly linear progress that works particularly for anyone who wants to lose fat and keep it off. So there are three phases that I'm going to go through and kind of talk about. So phase one is called the diet break. So most people um, who want to lose body fat are under eating when they get to the point to where they're ready to do things right, right? So they've been dieting, they've been restricting calories and stuff. So they're under eating way too much when they finally hit that breaking point. They're like, okay, I want to do things right. So they're experiencing a certain level of metabolic dysfunction from years of trying to lose weight through other methods that don't account for metabolic flexibility. And it needs to be undone before they can lose fat effectively. So this is how to do it. There's five steps, okay? So step one is spend two to three days tracking your food, whether that be a food journal, my fitness pal if you want, like just any way that you can track your food so you're knowledgeable about, about it. So chances are that in this food log that you're using will not line up with the number of calories that like you have calculated or the ones that you have claimed to think you're able to do, right? It's most likely not gonna add up perfectly. Step number two is gradually work towards your calculated TDEE. Remember those calculations are in my ebook. Go get it. And I'll link it in the show notes as well. So it's even easier for you guys to find. You can figure out your calculations for your TDEE. So we recommend adding or subtracting food by 200 calorie increments each week. If you've been following a low carb diet, add carbohydrates in slowly. Step three, during this period, your weight will likely increase a few pounds 
if your calculations are correct, it shouldn't be any more than three to five pounds in the morning, depending upon how heavy you already are or how much you already weigh. Step four, you guys, and this is not a bad thing. Bear with me. Stay with me. You guys hear, you guys hear weight gain and then like go AWOL. Just stay with me. So step four, as you start eating at your TDEE, your weight should stabilize. So step five, eat at your TDEE, total daily energy expenditure, for one to three weeks, depending upon how you guys or how you've been dieting and how lean you already are. During this period, most people start to notice that their muscles look more full and their performance increases. Energy levels go through the roof. Um, at this point, you're ready to tackle the fat loss. So this is just a matter of getting your metabolism stabilized again and getting enough fuel in your body to be able to get through those workouts and really fuel your body properly. So after you've accomplished that, and it might take some of you longer than the recommended time, it might take some of you guys shorter, just really listen to your body and understand when you're feeling like you've hit those energy levels and when you're feeling like you're really down in the dumps and you haven't hit those energy levels, focus on listening to your body because everyone is different. So phase two is the phase for losing body fat. As you transition into your fat loss phase, you have several options, but the go-to is to utilize calorie, calorie cycling methods to slowly drop body fat while preserving or even building muscle mass, right? So I've written up um, four steps for this one. So step one is to subtract 200 calories from your total daily energy expenditure and eat this on workout days. This reduction should come primarily from your fat section of your micronutrients. Okay, step two is to eat fewer carbs on the days you don't work out. So like if you just work or do like a light yoga flow or something like that, I would suggest dropping 200 to 300 calories um, in deficit to stimulate fat loss on those days. And then step three is to stick to foods that fill you up on your lower calorie or lower carb days. So to say, prioritize protein and foods full of fiber, like veggies and fruits, and take in most of your carbs around your workout. So pre and post-workout snacks, always need those carbs to help you energize and fuel those muscles for after workout. So your muscles can build back up. Um, make sure you're getting close to 50-50 with your carbs and protein after your workouts, like I've mentioned many times before. Step four is, to, is that after six weeks, return to maintenance approach by following the steps laid out in the next one. So I'll go over that in just a second, but the last rule is probably the most important yet most difficult to understand aspect of successfully losing body fat and keeping it off for good. You can simply reduce calories and keep pushing or you cannot simply reduce calories and keep pushing or you will not be able to maintain your results. As I mentioned earlier, if you do this, you will just regain all your weight back when you come off of your diet. So going into phase three, phase three is called the undieting slash maintenance phase. So this phase is very possible or very similar to phase one, it's really another diet break pretty much, but it's shorter. So there's only three steps in this one. Step one is, as before, gradually work towards your total daily energy expenditure. I recommend adding or subtracting foods by 200 to 300 calories increments each week, um, mainly focusing on your carbs since that's pretty much the chunk of where your calories normally would come from anyways. Um, and then step two is after about two weeks, you should be back to eating at or around your TDEE, total daily energy expenditure, and your weight should have increased by just a few pounds, which is not a big deal, you guys, not a big deal. 
And then step three, after this stabilizes, repeat phase two. And that's pretty much it. So throughout this process, you'll figure out how to impact your performance and how you can tweak the parameters to get the best results for you personally. Because like I said before, this is very individualized and it's very personalizable. Um, as I said a dozen of times earlier, this is an approximate, so experimentation is required. Nothing is exact when it comes to this thing. So if you guys need to rewind, write down all those steps and stuff so you have them, this is definitely an e easier way in to transition into fat loss um, that's not going to put you in that diet mentality that can help you live a just like a healthy lifestyle in the wrong in the long run definitely a way of avoiding under eating and restricting your calories too much because that is not what we want you guys to do remember we want you guys eating enough calories if y'all i mean i hear people say it all the time but if eating less calories worked then the entire world would be skinny because I feel like that's what everyone's doing right now. Everyone's trying to just eat less and eat less and eat less. And it, it doesn't work for anyone. So why do we think it, it's going to eventually work, right? It's not. So why this method works and why you need to take these so-called diet breaks or fluctuate your food. And like, especially with us females, like time of the month and stuff, it all changes. You've got to fluctuate and change up your diet because one day is not the same as the next. And the next day is not going to be the same. And the next day is not going to be the same. So you really need to fluctuate it. And this process that I've just explained to you guys really helps you do that. To put it simple, the method I've outlined works because you aren't pushing the pedal too hard for too long and eliciting negative adaptions to either calorie restriction. You're not going to feel burnt out all the time. You're not going to be craving foods you can't eat. And you will see results if you stick to it and you just kind of like fluctuate throughout your dieting and you trust your body too. Cause even whenever you do see the couple pounds go up and stuff like that is totally okay. That is the process of body fat loss. Like that is the process of it and it's totally okay. So by starting at a stable calorie intake, the changes you make to your diet result in more predictable patterns of fat loss. Best of all, you're not going too extreme and there's always a plan to gradually take you back to the center. So if all that makes sense to you guys, I hope it helps. Um, I know when I was first on my meal plan and stuff, this really helped me just like understanding that like your body's not going to need the exact same thing every single day or every single week or every single month. Like you've got to fluctuate and keep your body changing because I mean, that's just what our body does naturally, right? So if you guys have any questions about that, please reach out to me. I'll try to explain it as much as possible. Um, I want you guys to get a better understanding, but I hope that answers a lot of questions that you guys have had because I've gotten so many questions in my DMs about this. So that's why I decided to do this week's episode on it. Like I said before, if you haven't left a review, please leave a review. I really appreciate it. It would make my heart happy and it would make me really just like proud of everything. <laughs> um, I know you guys love listening to these and I get messages all the time and you guys are doing the star rating, which I really, really appreciate. And then if you haven't joined my three month holiday hustle challenge, get on it. There's limited spots. Um, I'm hope I'm hoping by the time I upload this, there's still spots available, honestly. Um, but cause I do record these in advance, but, um, if you haven't gotten a spot yet, go sign up. The, the whole page is on my website. It's linked in my bio. I'm sure I've posted about it on my stories a million times by now. Super, super excited to work with you guys for three months and really get to know you guys. And yeah, I just like cannot wait to see all the transformations that we can make in this three month time during the holiday season. 
so much fun, but thank you guys for coming back for another Nutrition 101 series this Wednesday, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all and appreciate your support so much. I will be uploading a new episode every Wednesday, so make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. Follow my Instagram and TikTok at Nutrition by Lex for more information and health inspiration.